0: Good morning everyone and welcome to episode 2 of A Wee Bit of Everything with your hosts Lewis and Clap. Good morning everyone, we're changing it up a wee bit today from our coaching exploits last week in South America to our one of our many ultra running challenges. Because at the end of the day the podcast is called A Wee Bit of Everything. So grab your cup of tea and an easter egg, you might need two for the winter months we talk. Got in store for everybody today, then, mate. Do you know something, Mr. Burrow? I was sitting there thinking, Big Joe Rogan's not got a look in in today's episode. You can add Cy Ferry to that list as well, my friend. <laughs> Did you watch his um, his most recent one with the four of them on the, the Zoom call? Absolutely fantastic. Oh, I spent one hour and thirty I... minutes constantly laughing. Oh, I was buckled from start to finish, man. It was absolutely superb. Absolute top drawer. Anyway, we're going to kickstart kick the podcast today with our West Highland Way adventure where we set out to complete the route in an ambitious 24 hours. Do you want to tell the listeners a wee bit about what the West Highland Way is and what the theme of the, t- the, the podcast was going to be about today? Yeah, so as, as Lewis says, um, the theme of the podcast today is going to be about ambition and teamwork and how these two words allowed us to achieve our target of completing the West Highland Way. Uh, as, as I said, we, we set ambitious goals all the time you know, Whether it's coaching, running or teaching On this occasion, it was quite a feat for our first one It's a 96 mile trail ultramarathon Along the iconic route of the West Island Way It's got a total of elevation of uh, 3,155 metres And there's 85,000 people, believe it or not Do this route each year from all across the globe March the 10th 2017 was the date just over three years ago mate can you believe it i know man it's absolutely flowing we've done a few a few daft things since then with regards to our, our running challenges and that so it's um that was the key. that's what that's what started it all wasn't it i and see then you, you didn't even have facial hair at that time remember <laughs> i still don't <laughs> you didn't know what it was back then <laughs> no nah, i still don't still don't got a clue It wasn't the event you may be thinking of everybody that's held in the summer, in June. We completed it, believe it or not, quite naively, at the tail end of a winter. But we still completed it. As Lewis said, the target was to complete it in 24 hours. Did we manage to complete it in that time? You will find out as this podcast develops. So Doing it in March, obviously, with reduced sunlight, uh, did make it that wee bit more challenging for obvious reasons. and we'll talk a wee bit more about that as well, and how we came across serious setbacks in the build-up to the challenge and during the challenge. So, mate, how did it come about? I was at you no know, we we used to after work um, on a Friday we would do a five k around the race course just to get a just to get a workout in and catch up about the weekend. Cause you were you were you just started your teaching career at this point, and I was still working in the gym. at New Lanark. I was still studying. Then um, we were doing just chatting around the run. You'd just been to a conference that day with Mark Beaumont, who was talking about his exploits when he went around the world the first time cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did like a kind of motivational talk about it and all these, the full adventure that he came across and the setbacks and everything. And we were just chatting about it. And then we're just kind of at the end of it, we're like, he can do that. What's, what's to stop us from being able to try something like that and going for it? And then we just, Absolutely. we just really got the idea drummed into our head, didn't we? And we just kept, Pondering the idea of doing something big, well, in relation to what we are used to doing. So I think it was just I, w- I was sitting at work one day and I was thinking, what could we do? Well, I think we're both just bouncing ideas back and forward to each other, texting each other different uh, different ideas, and we came up with a running one. and I think I suggested doing the West Highland Way, and then you phoned me back straight away. You're like ah, let's do it. And then we just we just set it for a day. It was only six weeks we gave ourselves to do it. So we had absolute minimal training this feat that we were about to attempt um, so we, I can remember I can remember coming out of that uh, conference and phoning you straight away walking to my car I can remember it's clear as day phoning you and saying we, we need to do something we need to come up with our challenge and then you text me late that night saying oh, let's, let's attempt the West Way." I didn't even think about it just agreed to it it's an ambitious goal we're working as a team let's give it a shot yeah, um, we, just, we just went for it. So the preparation to obviously training for it, as, as Lo said, it was only six weeks. Plenty yeah. time, eh? Yeah? Plenty of time. Plenty of time, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's not even long enough some people train for a marathon. You think about it? I know, six weeks, some people taper off for six weeks, never mind training. Anyway, it's almost four times now. I know, four marathons. Um, <laughs> So the preparation for this, we uh, watched, a po- watched a TED Talk, I can't remember who watched it, but no, we did, we watched it together actually. I remember watching it, it was a Friday night, we watched it before heading out to the cinema. Weirdly, we went to Livingston, I remember going to the buffet and then going to the cinema. We watched a TED Talk by Felipe Castro Matos, a Portuguese guy, and it was a, it was a TED Talk about how getting up at 4.30am can change your life. So we agreed to the challenge. The challenge was 21 days in a row. We actually managed to achieve 22 days in a row. And what we've done every morning was... <laughs> can you mind if we slept in? I slept in at half four. and I, 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 You were phoning me at like five. I was like, oh no, I slept in. And then the next day... I was day, standing the house. Aye, the next day I had to, get up at, we had to get up at four. Just to balance it out. well <laughs> disciplined. It's <laughs> so funny, man. Getting so disciplined. Up do do? We would, we would train. We would do it. We do ten k runs in the morning. I even remember one day my dad was building the house at the time. And we were lifting like uh, big breeze blocks round to for the fence. Oh, so the, the brickie was coming at nine. And we made to like set or the breeze block all the way around the house. But good training for us. Good that training. That was torture. That. that was absolutely torture. My hands took an absolute pounding lifting the things at that time in the morning. <laughs> you don't need your hands to run anyway. So no, nah, that's true. It was an ambitious? <laughs> I did it, it then to the West Island way, my feet were gouting. <laughs> oh, don't you start me, I knew had to put Buster uh, compied on my, my feet, I remember that, mile 70, S- sitting in the edge of a field M- with two feet in there, you putting compied on my toes. <laughs> picking your toes apart. <laughs> no, I mean, come, back to the, come back to the preparation that, as we said, the 4:30 a.m. challenge definitely prepared us in terms of discipline. And getting up, but I know for a fact I would never have been able to complete that challenge of my own, because I've tried to get up as early as that myself in recent yeah. times and it just does me harm, so having sorry, that was, accountability... Was... Yeah, exactly, That's you took the words right in my mouth, it was holding each other accountable for it, like I didn't want, I, I always had to make sure I was getting up, because I knew if I didn't get up and you were getting up, I was letting you down, and vice versa, mm-hmm. because we had a run to complete at that time, it was the only time that it really fitted with both our schedules at that time, to Get up, do a little bit of work, planning for the, the challenge and, and get our runs uh, get our runs in. So it was mm-hmm. the whole accountability thing. I think it's great to work in as part of a team because it makes you more responsible accountable. Hold you accountable. Because so I was then um, trying to do that recently, get up at a decent time, using like six or five in the morning, but it just, it's just tricky to try to do it on your own. So 22 days in a row, that was the key for us to be able to prepare ourselves for the challenge. Um, and I don't yep. think we'd have done it if that wasn't the, the case because it got you used to running at half, four, five in the morning which we were going to have to do in the challenge and you know, it was uh, that is it improved your discipline but it also made you, getting up at that time in the morning is just completely uncomfortable it's just not comfortable getting out of your bed at that time it's pitch black, it's freezing cold especially at that time of year so it was getting your body yeah. used to being really uncomfortable because we knew that we were going to face something ten times worse in six weeks time So we're trying to do things to prepare our body mentally and as well as physically. Mm -hmm. It's like that quote. It's about getting yourself comfortable being uncomfortable. And that was a kind of mindset that we had at the time.
1: Yeah, that's Um,
0: exactly what we're trying to do. I think a lot of people have crazy ideas and they want to do loads of stuff, but it's trying to get that to the start line. And I think because we're working as a team, um, we're able to get this to the start line because I remember running up to it. We had a, we had a few setbacks, uh, physically and obviously, people, people around about us, family and close friends, were, were telling us not to do it because it was, it was, it was in the winter. we were just, we were just like, why not just wait till May or June? They were saying, but we just stuck to the plan. But we had one real setback in the planning phase. Can you remember what about that night when we all called ourselves up Tinto, mate? <laughs> <laughs> up the the treacherous Tinto Hill, man. That was absolutely. That was we. Without taking the mic here, that was terrifying. That was a scary experience, even though it was only Tinto. I know you think Tinto is just a, a walk in the park, but it's, that that was scary. Because mm-hmm. we had, we, you didn't even have your phone. My phone died. My, our head torches were dying, and it was, a, it was a blizzard up the top. So the head torch was only seen a few feet in front of you, and then the snow was just covering up all the footsteps when you were trying to come back down. So you couldn't even see your footsteps. And then I had to, I tried to phone my dad to let him know that that's where we were, and then my phone died. That was mm-hmm. aye. you see the path? No, <laughs> like, you couldn't see anything. We were just coming down. There was clouds. The snow was just blasting off your face, and then um, couldn't see any lights yeah. either. Oh, what Can a remember, relief! That uh, remember when we saw that light, that lamp? Oh, that was so we're buzzing. Gosh. That was uh, That was a, a a big a big relief. Like it was genuinely. Scary. That put me at my comfort zone a bit. I'm not going to lie. That was even though it sounds like of it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but we can see that that, I that, a that, really that, aye, that, that was a wake up call because that that made me realise how easily it would be to get lost if you are up on Monroe or on on the West Island Way route. So that put the fear of God into me. Prior to doing that. Mm-hmm. I can remember the one thing we learned for that, we, we straight on a ute uh, online that night. Like, we need to get better head torches. They only lasted us half an hour <laughs> <laughs> Aye, <laughs> for 24 hours <years> here. <laughs> they the only lasted half an hour, man. They could shine from here to Glasgow. They were that bright. The batteries were just drained within half an hour. They were absolutely brutal. <laughs> <laughs> that was after work as well on a Friday night, um, if Aye. I can always remember. Um, We just wanted to go, again, that was just another wee thing. We wanted to go and do a tinto at night time just as another wee challenge because a lot of the the West Highland way was going to be in the middle of the night because we're trying to do it in 24 hours, which means you're not going to be sleeping. Mm -hmm. So 96 miles in 24 hours. I remember um, at work that day, just before the challenge, we started on a Friday night. It was a Friday night, the 10th of March. We started at 5.30 p.m. So we finished teaching at 3 Lewis finished at New Lanark um, teaching these fitness classes about three as well and we managed to get to the Mulgai for for 5.30 and I remember at work the full day I had six classes Friday was a busy day bigger, bigger high school at the time I remember sitting on the, the, the benches used to get in school like yeah. the benches you get sitting right. on one of the hard benches the full day just teaching my classes for the bench just doing games I hope my PT isn't laughing now, but um but it was what I had to do to conserve my energy just dodgeball. Oh, I just constant games. <laughs> I think it's also important to mention that prior to doing the to doing the West Highlands way, we only the, the furthest we ran in a single run was twenty three miles, <laughs> so that was uh, just over a quarter of the way. Is that even? A, uh, no, just under a quarter. Oh, right, just under a quarter. Do the maths. maths. It's just under a quarter. <laughs> oh, on, no, I get killed? under <laughs> a quarter. <man. laughs> 23 miles that was um that was we were just so naive we didn't really have a clue what we were doing did we we just wanted to go for it and see if we could push our bodies to completing that challenge but to to some people that's that's not not even that big in relation to our experience at that particular moment in time that was a massive scale challenge to the average person that's quite a big that's that's a big feat of endurance but you do get people out there completing that route. I think the record now is thirteen hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, but a lot of people a lot of people complete that route over three four days as well. So you've yeah, somebody exactly. doing it in thirteen. You've got us doing it, and well, I won't, I won't reveal it just yet. But around about the day mark, and yeah. then people take taking five six days at that. So and um, you want to kick us off then? You want to kick us off five thirty pm, standing there. What, yeah. what was going through your head? What was okay, going through your head, I and mean, just, it just—it was some buzz just driving through in the car, was it? My dad took us through. And we were just just—we're we just buzzing to get going. We just did not. we were just going completely into the unknown. We'd only done one training run on the on the route, which was from Rower Denning to—was it Rower Denning, We just ran the full length of the in. Aye, to the Drovers Inn. night to the Drovers Inn. Was that in Inverarnon? So it was like fifteen miles or something. That stint. So that was the only part that we knew, but we did that part because we knew that was the bit we were going to be running at during the night. So we wanted to really familiarise ourselves with that route because there are some little narrow trails and some steep drops and you're right into the Loch Lomond if you fall off it. <laughs> so I thought that was right, that was a smart move. Because the majority of the, the rest of it, it was just going to be kind of plain not plain sailing, but easier to navigate because it was going to be light. But anyway, oh, it was a more thirty and that was on the Friday and that was after a full week's work in the gym, teaching exercise classes and that, and you were teaching at the time as well, still are, but I can remember after we started, we got one mile in and just thinking, how are we going to manage another 95 of these? Like it was just crazy. We just did not know what to expect, but that brings me onto the, the, the cycle of belief, um, which I'm going to explain a little bit about, and then we'll put it into the context of this challenge and how it doubles when you're working as part of a team. So how your belief can be increased. So the start, the first part of the cycle, the amount of belief that you actually have in yourself determines the amount of potential you're going to tap into. And at this particular point, we had crazy amounts of belief for like, if Mark Beaumont can cycle around the planet, we can run this West Highland way in 24 hours. It's been done before. Why can we not do it, two young boys? So the amount of belief you have determines the amount of potential you can tap into. The amount of potential you tap into can determine the amount of action that you take within a challenge. Then that has a knock-on effect with your action. So the amount of action you take determines the results that you get. And then the results that you get determine your belief in yourself. Do you want to explain that, Clark, through this challenge that we did, what I mean by that? Yeah, so as Louis said, there's four parts to the cycle of belief. There's belief, potential, action, and then the results that you get at the end. And that has a knock-on effect continually so it's like a cycle constantly impacts on your belief. So the belief that we had was we can achieve an ultra running, an ultra endurance running challenge. So that was a belief. So we picked the West Island Way. So that's looking at the potential. What what is our potential? So we thought West Island Way, 96 miles, that wasn't just enough for me and Luce. We like, let's try and do it in twenty four hours. Let's try and do it over one day. So that was a potential. We thought that was that was the highest potential we could achieve at that time. So that results, that now impacts on the action that we take. So the action that we took, carrying out the challenge, obviously being disciplined in our training, getting up at 4.30 a.m. for 22 days, that was part of the action. Not listening to others who who will doubt you, which we'll touch on later, that's also part of the action. And just backing each other up, helping each other, doing the training, being disciplined, was was a big part of the action. And obviously preparing ourselves for, for the nutrition side of things and the checkpoints that we'll speak about later as well. And then the result was, we completed it in twenty four hours forty five minutes. Yeah, We're just 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 over the target. So we failed in terms of our target, but we still completed the route, which was um, and a very respectable time. I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time. So then, because of that because of that result, we now have more belief in ourselves because we complete ninety six miles in tough conditions, and then we'll we'll speak about how we've. Um, planned other challenges as a result of that so we went to try and attempt to three peaks challenge as well a couple of years later so we'll talk about that in another podcast anyway but yeah
1: that'd
0: be quite a useful thing yeah so that that that, off the back of the west island way I genuinely think we felt we were invincible with regards to our running challenges that we were setting we were doing crazy miles and like individual runs and weekly mileages and I was just so obsessed with it. I was just wanted to go higher and do all this stuff that's never been done before. Just wanted to take on the world with my running challenges. But you just want to push a limit. That's kind of key, isn't it? You want that's to set a limit. Yeah, I think we were just really curious at that point in time to see what we could do, how far we could push our bodies, and how far we could push our mind. Which is, I just yeah. think it's so interesting. It's such an interesting thing, I like human potential, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, i Am I am an My earphones fell out. That's a downside of those uh, wireless airpods. As long as your veneers don't fall out that you got in Turkey last week. <laughs> as long as my what? Your veneers don't fall out that you got done in Turkey oh, last know. week. No, they're supposed to be glued in. Oh, we can still hear you're in. Um, you. Right, so a marathon in. A marathon in, mate. How did you feel? A marathon in. A marathon in when we, Do you know something? See when we seen your dad coming up in the car behind us because we knew that was the first stop. And um, we're running along that road after, what's the, the Oak Tree? Where, what's the name of that place at the, the, Oak, Tree? the Oak Tree? Balmaha. Aye, Balmaha. I, between Balmaha and and we're running along that road. And it was pitch black, and I can just remember your dad's headlights coming up behind us. And then... I was trying to save the head torch light, remember? Yeah, that was it. We just turned the head torches to off, and your dad was driving behind us. And then that was motivational, like, seeing other people, because it was just the two of us. I um, it was good Good when we got there and got the first bit of scran into us, because I never realised how much energy I actually got off of food until that time. Like I felt so energised after that, prior to getting into the next stint. But you can remember how cold we were, like see because you've been running, we were yeah. freezing, so see when you're sitting in my dad's car you're absolutely and your, your freezing. And your body cooled down it, straight away. Actually, do you know, I, and then at the first stop, because can you remember when we were, I think we were a bit at Drimming and um, we were going through a field, and the navigation on your watch was being a bit weird at this point, because we couldn't really navigate, find a path, like a set path, or find the arrows um, on the signpost for the West Island Way, and we were going through a field, and then we just fell straight into this swamp, knee deep in mud, like I I nearly lost my shoe. And then when we at the first stop, your dad had my other my my waterproof my gore shoes that I used for the rest of the trail, the, the rest of the route, and they were brilliant. But you didn't even change your shoes. You just, I didn't even have waterproof. Trainers. I done I done the best thing with the waterproof trainers. That was, that was just nah, else. obviously that's that um, totally naive and it was just stupid. But <laughs> but obviously. <laughs> but obviously Obviously, you looked forward to the, check, the checkpoints and getting food, but the bit I didn't look forward to after the first one was how cold you used to get when you stopped. So you didn't know what to stop, but obviously... Your body, yeah, your up, you had you had to stop. I was shaking like a leaf. Uh, your, body, uh, your, body had to, your body just cooled down straight away, didn't it? So it was, in, it was good That's this route. You had to get into the car and tell them to put the heat, blast the heat in. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, when we, we said bye to your dad, in that we, we, we got on our way, we were cold but that's, this was the point, this was running a, a, along the, the east shore of Loch Lomond and everybody told us that this was going to be the worst part so it was amazing contrary to what everybody would told us it was a complete opposite for us because that was a, probably the part in the run where I felt the most alive I felt amazing nice. at that point, I felt so energized, my legs felt great but it was amazing, it was just amazing how good we felt and. It was it was interesting to think because if we were just because that was about twenty just after a marathon in. So if that was if we were only set out to do 30 miles at that particular point, like it's amazing your mindset at that point, you would have been feeling absolutely horrid. Whereas mm-hmm. we still knew we had over seven over sixty miles still to go. So at that point 30 miles felt like nothing. And we were absolutely cruising it along moment Like I can remember it. We we're cruising it over the trails, we were running the majority of it. We walked occasionally. I think we were just we were very like structured with what we were doing. We were walking for like a mile, jogging for a mile, walking for a mile, jogging for a mile, and just really mixing it up like that. Just trying to trying to pound the miles out until we got to the next stop to meet my mum and aunt Lorraine after after Lockwood. It, it just felt amazing at that particular point, and it was pitch black as well. So it was just weird how the the mindset worked at that that time. No, because the furthest furthest you'd run was 23 miles before that, and the furthest I'd run was a marathon, then the marathon. Yeah. And um, it's amazing how you're you're sitting at 28, 29, 30 miles going through a local moment, and you're feeling so good. As you said, because of your mindset, because your target is 96, 30 miles seems like nothing. So it's the mind controlling the body. But mile 40, 40 the drovers in, um, I was was, uh, sick. I was stuck at the back of your half- mum's car. Uh, we weren't even halfway in. You couldn't even stomach your mince and tatties. Were a bit too lumpy for you? <laughs> Those nice as my grand's mince and tatties, I would say. Can I beat your grand's cooking? Honestly, I thought that was the end of the road for me, mate. I thought that was oh, me. My mum was, was raging. Well, yeah. no, I thought I was going to sit, sit in the back of your mum's car and go back to your arm not car broke She, she, she makes crack <laughs> mince and tatties. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it was just the, was the, it, body, was the body when they like it at the time. <laughs> see, after we, see, after that stop. see when we said goodbye to them and everything. Uh, uh, my mum told us, in fact, she's no, she on phone is she told us uh, after we completed it. She says, her and Manny he were just watching her head touch. She's just dodding away along the trail in the distance. And then they went to get into the motor and start it and they'd left the, the, the lights on and they couldn't start it. So it was like, what time is that? At three in the morning or something? Well, would have been Three in the morning, I had to phone the AA to come and give them a, a jump start because they dra- drained the battery dry. We were sitting there with the lights on and the engine. Right. Well, no, I remember that. I remember that clearly day, even though it was the night. But anyway, I was, uh, <laughs> I was sick. Obviously, I thought, was ro- it, I thought that was the end of the road. I thought that was at the end of the road for me. Um I fell off the horse, if you like, as old saying goes, but I managed to get back on it. Um, 30 in the morning, I can remember almost falling asleep. Remember that when we were walking up the toughest section towards Drummond, <laughs> or towards uh, Tindrum? Yep. We, we got lost as well at that point. Um, I had a Garmin watch when we had the route on the watch, so every time you went off track, it would alert you to say, i just vibrate, off track. I just vibrate and let you know. But At one point, we were going off track, but we just knew if we could stick on this main Joe carriageway, which obviously wasn't busy at the time, uh-huh. We were kind of next. To, we were next to the trail. Yeah, it was it running we totally parallel, there. wasn't it? Aye, so it was parallel. So we just stuck with the main road, um, which then eventually brought us back onto the path. Yeah. Um. When the next, the next stop that we had was mile 60, Bridge of Orchy. Do you know Can I? Do, mum. Do you not know, feel like see as stupid as it sounds? See when you're running along the road, and you feel like you're dozing off, but you have to shut your eyes briefly. And then you like, it feels like it gave you like a wee, a wee like mini and As if it just like rejuvenated you that wee bit more to keep going. Just like, rest in your eyes. It was but so good. You did fall asleep for just... free yeah, but... miles, I didn't tell you that, but you fell asleep for three miles, that's what mile. <laughs> 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 I. I woke I was, up I didn't have to run the phone. I'm, right? I'm not told you that. You did fall asleep mate, for free miles. See, man, shouldn't he have woke me up? Yeah, so just before Bridge okay, I would lose on my back when he was sleeping. Um, and then, <laughs> mate, what about the guy lying in the boat, uh, supporting us from his front garden at mile 80? He's just sitting there chilling. I, I don't know, it looked like he was fishing. Turns out it wasn't a boat, and turns out it wasn't a guy. It wasn't even on the water. <laughs> <laughs> it was even like a hoose there. It was just like a wee, I don't even know what it was. It looked like a wee boat and somebody just sitting in it sitting like we a fishing rod <laughs> was there a guy there no was there a <laughs> boat there no did we hike them? Is? yes we <laughs> <laughs> started we started hallucinating at that point I, I was so delirious this was at my 80 We 16 miles to go no slept all night physically exhausted mentally exhausted <sighs> Uh, it was, quite it was it, when I after the after the after the night when the sun started to come up before we met your mum and that it was so motivating wasn't it just as the sun was coming up it was brilliant but I can remember yeah. as we were going through uh not Bridge of Orkey, the the Green Welly campsite I think it was and you had to stop mm-hmm. and because your feet were in absolute bits because you just kept the same shoes on even after falling into like a swamp and that you were just running with wet trainers and it just totally tore your feet to pieces, man. I couldn't mind having to pick your toes apart and bandage them up. <laughs> and it was absolutely brutal, man. My hands were freezing cold. It was just the last thing you would want to do at that particular point in time. You just wanted to keep putting one foot in front of another. Even something that's simple I just putting as well. a plaster on was just, just as well. so taxing. It was just annoying. I think a good a good thing, uh, the thing that we learned was you can't control everything when you're doing a challenge like this. It's such a massive challenge. It's actually... Hard to comprehend it. Um, we had part of our support crew that just couldn't make it, um, called off right towards the end. That we were supposed to be meeting at mile seventy, so that's something you need to deal with in the moment. I and mean, you're that tired, um, it can be quite tough to, to keep yourself motivated, but it's impossible to control everything. But I think working as a team and having each other, obviously, made it that a wee bit easier. Um, yeah. But the hardest section, the hardest section for me was. The last uh after the last block, my lady, I had the section oh. was that last six miles. Because be we the were fold. It was absolutely tragic. We were told from a member of our support crew at the time that the next bit the next six miles to like eighty six mile, was pretty pretty easy going and then it's downhill well all the way into full volume from there as well. Which was a complete opposite. But they t- tried to make us feel as if the next bit was easy to motivate us, which then and that actually demotivated us because we got complacent. before thought it was going to be easy. complacent, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, Do you remember I mean, how man. I was so frustrated so you try to climb up that hill onto the old military road? I was scabbing. It was so brutal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Then the duct trap exactly the there, and Then you, you would turn around and you would see another hill and you'd think that would be the last corner and you'd turn that and it'd be straight up again. But when is this going to end? It just took us ages to get up on that hill. We're just sitting down at bits, just contemplating life. It was absolutely. I tense. remember sitting. I remember sitting on this the bridge, at mile ninety, like ten k to go, and just like sitting, like kind of almost trying fall just shutting my eyes. I felt as if I went into this dream, but I, I felt as if I'd been there for like two hours, it was uh, almost like two minutes. I remember shutting my eyes and kind of going into this dream, started dreaming about stuff crazy. When I woke up, I felt was if I'd had a sleep. I just never, I've never Sorry, felt felt like that before in my life. How was it? Like mile 90? I just could not fathom that I'd just covered 90 miles by foot within the last 24 hours. Was it sleeping? No, it was just, it was a, I was just, I was so buzzing as well, but I was just a complete mixed bag of emotions with everything. Mm -hmm. But it was, would you agree? But it's hard to, the West Highland Way is deemed one of the most beautiful walking routes in the world. That's why so many people do it from all over the world every year, but it's just so hard to appreciate your scenery when you're that tired like it was nice the only if- thing you can focus on can, and then you're just like nah and it's think here where i am you're like in the most one of the most beautiful parts of the world like up the west thailand of scotland it's absolutely stunning but that's the last thing in your mind Well the only thing you can focus on at that time is one foot in front of another yeah that is it. you're just looking and just you can't think about anything else you can't think about the future you can only think about one step at a time that's what gets you through it just being present yeah. obviously we got it done but we failed in terms of 24 hours uh We've got done, it, done it in 24 hours 45 minutes So pretty, pretty, pretty happy with that But obviously it was disappointing As we got towards the end We started to realise For the first time That we're just not going to be able to do this Because it told me Our average mile Our average minute per mile Had to be 15 yeah. I can always remember It was like 14.39 14.45 As we were getting we closer to the end we it, just started to go, it just started to go out of reach We were on track up until mile 90 And then
1: yeah. we just
0: had to keep bottom and resting we just we were struggling to walk never mind run um it's easier saying like. it's it's easier to say looking back in hindsight that oh i wish we'd done this and i wish we'd done that but at that particular moment in time you were just it was hard Mm -hmm. i think we 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 could have saved some time with some of the stops with some of the support stops we could have definitely saved time if they were a wee bit because it was still very much new to us we didn't really know how to about the supports and the transitions from each leg and um, so we'll just set back a bit of time There's there we set back I mean I was sick if I had waterproof trainers that would have helped because I wasted time uh obviously that three mile sleep you had as well so I just didn't have aye that was, I needed it but you must have had <laughs> me <laughs> I'm just that uh, mate aye anyway the key takeaway message from this episode of the West Island Way, my key takeaway message for the listeners is when you set yourself a challenge in something you're passionate about, which I urge you to do, find something, make it an ambitious challenge. If you do that, people closest to you will doubt you the most. And that can be difficult in, in the six weeks leading up to it, listening to people who obviously love you, telling you that you shouldn't do it and it's too dangerous, it's too much a challenge. That... just because they care but it can be difficult when you're listening to that all those voices telling you "Yeah, to keep going and to keep pushing yourself and keep training keep believing that you know it is possible so that's why i would say people closer to you will doubt you the most that would be my key takeaway message but stick with it believe in what you're doing and you'll be able to get the result and end as we did so what's your key takeaway message mate My key takeaway message from this episode is inspiration will only take you so far but it's about taking action on your ambitions and also working as part of a team will help you take that action and also hold you accountable for the challenge that you've set for yourselves. So yeah like we said we were inspired by Mark Beaumont and his antics going around the world on a bike and we were like what can we do? But it's all fine and well having that inspiration but if you don't have the ability to to actually take action on it, then you're never going to get to, to, to even attempting the challenge. So what's the worst that can happen? You don't achieve it. Mm. At least you've went and go, at least you've went for it. So go for it, set yourself a challenge and try it. But on well, finally, just picture on Lucy's point which just came to my head there. It installed confidence actually in all aspects of our life. I mean, the belief was at the time, I can always remember if, if we can run the West Highland way in the winter, non stop, with six weeks training. We could overcome anything life throughout us at the time. So, a question is to everybody, what ambitious challenge are you going to plan and action on with others? And that's how you end the podcast, Mr Burrow. We're getting a hang of it now. <laughs> Lastly, mate, what was your favourite tweet of the week? Because obviously we're all sitting on our phone because of this lockdown. What was your favourite tweet of the week, mate? My Favourite tweet of the week... Here we go. Right, hold on a wee minute. I'm pretty sure I've favourited it. And if I can't find it within the next 30 seconds, I'll just paraphrase it. But I'd like to quote it because I thought it was brilliant. And it was in relation to our subject of PE. Right, here it's here. The tweet said, What I've found interesting whilst in lockdown is the promotion of all the subjects that in school get the least appreciation. Art, music and sport. They're all essential for keeping us sane in lockdown. Why aren't they just as essential when it comes to funding? I think that's interesting because it shows us what's actually important. If you don't have your health, your mental health, your physical health, then the rest of it doesn't matter. You can't do it. You're you're not physically fit to to do anything else. So I think we need to look inwards before we start trying to achieve the external. As I think what that tweet's getting at, I think it was, I could resonate with that. Absolutely. I think it's even more important than lockdown when you're seeing a lot of people, um, all you're seeing is people kind of taking up, new challenges of learning new instruments. They're always moving. They're doing home workouts. So like, yeah. if you look at it from a perspective, like PE, uh-huh. music, the same. And art, being creative is even more important now because of this. And that's what's at the forefront of everyone's minds and everything else is taking a back seat. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was just, um, I thought that was a, a, a powerful tweet. Anyway, just like to say again, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Based on the first one, we got some good feedback from the few people that listened to it. So if you've not heard that one yet, it's on my Facebook page and it's on Clark's Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, You just click the link and it'll take you onto my SoundCloud page and you you can give it a listen. It's only 30 minutes long and it won't take up much of your time because you've got plenty of it just now anyway. So as always, if you could share it, like it, tell your mother, tell your father, spread the word, tell your dog. (laughs) Don't forget to tell your dog. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, feedback is welcomed and we look forward to bringing you episode three. Take care.